0: What's up? And welcome back to Nostalgia Ranks, giving you another podcast looking at the career of one Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. Dave, my trusty co-host is here to talk all about it. Dave, how you doing, man? Doing well. Love me
1: some Kendrick Lamar. Love Kung Fu Kenny. It's uh, quite the career to look back on. We wanted to wait until the long-awaited album, Post Damn, came out. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers finally came out this year in 2022. So after some time with that, we can now really dive into that discography thus far, because it's been quite the impact so far.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, in listening back to a lot of these records, to just kind of reflect on what Kendrick has meant within our lifetimes as an artist really i mean coming into his own when we're in college when we are at our probably peak of like finding new music really wanting to connect with music that, that spoke to us and to see him go from being this you know like kind of little known rapper kind of up and coming to really asserting himself as uh, what some people would probably say is the most influential rapper of the last decade um maybe of the 20th century you know i think there's an argument to be made so uh it uh, there's a lot to dive into here um as we work our way through if you're listening and enjoying hit that subscribe on youtube.com slash and also you can find our podcast through our link tree on our twitter at NostalgiaPod and listen to it any way you want to there but dave why don't we just start off talking about Tell me, when was the first time you remember really being aware of Kendrick?
1: Yeah, it's tough for me to place it exactly, but I remember the the general gist was that I had seen the ADHD music video posted on the blog sometime in 2011. I'm not sure if it was right when it came out. I want to say I came to Kendrick... It might have been after Section 80 was already out in 2011. I'm not exactly sure. It was around that time. ADHD was the first song I heard. And I remember shortly around there as well, I you know, discovered you know Schoolboy Q and Absol and J-Rock and just became aware of all Black Hippie and, and their connection to each other and, and what TDE, Top Dog Entertainment, was at that time. And it obviously really grabbed me. Like it grabbed so many people. So I was ready for Good Kid, Mad City, and I did hear that when that... Uh, did come out so sometime before then, uh, twenty eleven, sometime.
0: Yeah, so Good Kid, Mad City uh, was probably when when that dropped. That's when he really became uh, a part of my awareness. And I mean that that drops in October of 2012 So that's your junior year, my senior year of college. And I remember just starting to hear a lot of the songs just popping up everywhere. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Uh, Swimming pool full of liquor. Like these songs just started being played at parties, just started to be played when we're playing video games, just hanging out and he started to be everywhere. And I think when he really, really like burst onto the scene for me was the fucking problems video. You know, that Ah, that song was just such a like the music video and the song in general was just like everywhere. And I just really remember being like when he come when his verse comes on the whole the whole whole song literally stops. And it's just like Kendrick is about to light this song on the finale. Yeah. And uh, he turned the pep talk into a pep rally. And (laughs) ever since then, he's been very prominent in my music listening uh, uh, behaviors. So, um, yeah, that that college time, I really remember seeing him. And then that summer, 2013, uh, he performed at Firefly, which he was performing everywhere that summer. uh, You know, obviously on the Good Kid Mad City um, tour. And he was incredible. But also, like, a pretty short set. I think he had maybe, like, 45 minutes. He played Mm. his verse from fucking problems, I think, to open and close the set, which was a bit of an interesting choice. But he also just probably felt like he he needed to have a banger to open and close with. And, yeah, he just absolutely, uh, like, took over from there for me. So, that was my first memory of him but after you found out about him did you go back and listen to any of his early stuff before he was releasing undercase
1: yeah i did around that time i definitely listened to overly dedicated then uh because that, that was easy to uh hear it was available for free to download at the time on all the mixed state platforms so i definitely heard Overly dedicated at the time between that and section 80 there was a lot to really uh, gravitate towards and then years later was when i looked further for the other stuff that was a bit harder to find, not hard to find. You just had to actually like look for it a little bit more, which is all the stuff really pre overly dedicated Kendrick Lamar EP. And then all the stuff under the K dot name, most famously would probably be the C four mixtape, which was a really obvious like homage to little Wayne's the Carter three at the time. Um, and yeah, it, it was kind of fun to revisit like the early Kendrick, like the teenage Kendrick music. Later on, after hearing the greatness that would f- would follow it, to then go back and hear his like early form. It's not exactly stuff I dig too much, but you can obviously hear the promise, and there are some highlights from that time. I think his really famous freestyle over Kanye's Monster comes to mind. But um, yeah, I think most people would probably correctly start with Overly Dedicated if you really wanted to jump uh, to the beginning. At the beginning that really matters
0: yeah so as you reflect on overly dedicated and i'll say i haven't really heard a lot of that stuff before overly overly dedicated so i can't really speak to it too much i mean what's your like lasting memory of overly dedicated as an album
1: yeah well i think about it pretty similarly to section 80 because again i heard them both after the fact or you know around the same time and even though he would go on to have to do bigger and better things and become much more famous, much more commercial, all that stuff. It is kind of cool to hear him in his early 20s really put himself front and center with this introspective and also worldly music. You know, and the big highlight would be of course Ignorance is Bliss, which got the attention of one Dr. Dre, which ultimately led to Kendrick working on Detox at the time when that was still happening and of course Kendrick signing to Aftermath and Interscope alongside TDE so you know I think it's not something I I like to revisit I think some of his lyrics of that time uh, can come across as a bit dated just in terms of his his perspectives you know there's like some really like big minded uh, thoughts on OD and Section 80 but he just became, I think, a more intelligent songwriter later on. So yeah, I think you kind of really have to be digging it. At the same time, though, it does remind me a bit of like conscious like jazz rap of the 2010s. It definitely feels like of that early 2010s time, it does not feel modern. So in a sense, it's cool to go back to. But yeah, I think more than anything, it's, it's, it's in, by design, as you'd expect, early Kendrick. So it's still instructive, but there's better things to come, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think the way you described it is perfect. You can hear a lot of like the seeds of what's to come, but it still feels like an older Kendrick record and just not as refined. Um, There's a lot of like flourishes and production from that time that just are like so singular to that era. You know, like you you can kind of hear the influence that like um, Graduation or 808s like had at this point, you know, it's just like these like really overproduced songs and then you hear where kendrick ends up with things like to pimp a butterfly or untitled unmastered and you're like oh yeah he went in like a completely opposite direction from this like highly produced oh produced in a different way type stuff like more organic type sounding um yeah and for me i think ignorance is bliss was definitely the one that i kind of took away but you know you you listen to something like opposites attract which (laughs) you know you 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 listen and you're like okay you hear where a lot of the the kendrick influence is coming uh or is going to go um that more jazz rap like you talked about that like west coast feel um to a lot of it For so sure. that th- there's a lot to i think like like if you are a kendrick fan but again like you said not right. one that i think made people come back to a lot
1: yeah at the time i really liked hoc high off contact good example of him having a more lyrical message on a song early on uh 1.5 featuring Absol is actually just lifted directly from the kendrick Lamar EP. It's the same song just re- mm-hmm. re- repackaged there uh average joe uh, is pretty solid opposites attract and a uh, heart part two notably because that's mm-hmm. the one song in the heart series that's actually on an official project obviously everything from here on out will be a promo single to uh prelude, prelude uh, an upcoming project but the hard part two actually is on overly dedicated
0: and yeah and there's better heart heart heart, part x's to come as well definitely um so this drops what i think it's 2011 or 2010 actually This 2010.
1: september 2010 the uh kendrick lamar ep was uh new year's eve '09. that was his first release under the kendrick lamar name and then about nine months later overly dedicated comes out which and that was just a TDE release, um independent. Uh no aftermath or Interscope just yet. And then less than a year later, July twenty
0: eleven is when Section eighty comes out. Yeah, Section eighty <clears throat> I think uh rightfully is considered his debut album. Um obviously, like you mentioned, he's uh working with Top Dog as the label at this point, which will um you know join with Aftermath and Interscope moving forward, Section 80 really puts him on the map, though, you know, the first one, the first album he or project he puts out that hits a billboard top chart, even if it's just the the rock and art or the uh, sorry, the rap and R&B uh, mm-hmm. chart. I think he, he got all the way up to like 72 on that chart, which, you know, for him at that time was, was big. And he has a couple of songs that really pop off.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still effectively independent release. That was just with Top Dog, which Top Dog had no like major, major distribution at that time. So uh, independent release with no major backing, and it made a huge impact on the internet and really grew Kendrick's status. You know, he later this year will be on Drake's Take Care, on a solo song, Buried Alive Interlude, and then, of course, would join Drake on the Club Paradise tour the following year. Section 80, and then Fucking Problems coming out um, uh, the year after, as you said. All of that is what builds up this hype to Good Cadmat City, which then has this huge commercial blow-up in its first week. But he did all this with like genuine word of mouth off an independent release with an independent label.
0: Really impressive. He... And, and, you know, the thing is, he had a couple of songs on here that just absolutely level up from um, Overly Dedicated, right? So like you mentioned, ADHD, I think, is head and shoulders above almost anything that's on Overly Dedicated. High Power, which is Mm -hmm. one of the other singles from this, I think is another track that really stands out. And this is, is kind of where I feel like, Hendrick starts to lean more into his own influences rather than like the influences of hip hop at the time. You know, you still hear have some of those songs every once in a while on here that feel very much of that time. But because he's leaning more into the more um instrumental and uh studio um like produced music that's kind of going for like more classical drums, more jazz sounding it starts to feel a little bit more timeless and it starts to feel more in line with what we're going to get on good kid, mad city and and whatnot. Um, When when you think back to this, other than ADHD, what songs really pop off for you?
1: Yeah, I think ADHD stands out because that's a song with a message lyrical, as you expect from Kendrick, but also catchy and almost uh, radio friendly. It was not a radio song, Mm -hmm. but you could, you could have heard it on there, you know? Um, and think there's a bunch of other highlights, of course, too. You mentioned High Power, notably produced by J. Cole, their first collaboration of many yeah. across multiple projects, multiple loose songs as well. We never got the Kendrick-J. Cole collab album that they teased over the course of many years, maybe one day, <laughs> but that's actually where it starts with High Power, and Cole actually kind of helped connect Kendrick to Dre, which is, which is something I wasn't actually that aware of until recently, where... Dre's from Compton, Kendrick's from Compton. Surely this is just the the old generation helping the new generation. But actually Cole, who was a bit more established at the time, helped connect the two, uh, funny enough. Uh, Rigor Mortis, though, I think really stands out for like a technical uh, freestyle, almost, rapping ability from Kendrick. And of course, we'd see this uh, leveled up soon with backseat freestyle on good kid mad city but rigor mortis right off the bat it's like yeah like kendrick also like can really wrap his ass off you know if you weren't listening to those early K Dot mixtapes maybe you didn't pick up on that just so much you thought he was a bit dusty a bit a bit, a bit jazzy off od and section 80 but no listen to rigor mortis that is not true either um ronald reagan era i think stands out for like the most um societal comment one. I think that one yeah. is age better than fuck your ethnicity, which I think is kind of half yes. baked ultimately. Um, I like the song at the time, but I think Ronald Reagan era has kind of lasted uh, better.
0: Yeah. I, I had the same feel listening back last night that like f- fuck your ethnicity. I think I, I like what he's going for on it, but it, it didn't ultimately like kind of get there. But <laughs> Ronald Reagan era is so singular. I feel like in the, Kendrick catalog, it has, you know, kind of, you, you've heard the drums and other Kendrick songs, but that like mm-hmm. beginning that is almost kind of like a, I don't even know, like cowboyish type feel to it. Like, a, I mean, obviously speaking to Ronald Reagan's, I think, like, um, persona, uh, I think of it as what he was alluding to, but it, it's, just, drugs, all it's that. just something that you, don't really hear that that sort of vibe in, in other songs and then it goes into a more traditional sound but it really stood out in listening back on this um but yeah i mean i think listening through this is a, a pretty like formed album that's maybe not as cohesive as a lot of what you're gonna get but for someone who at the time is i mean what he's 24 when this drops mm. uh pretty impressive to put something like this together and quite a few guests on this that uh will uh i think be around right so i think schoolboy q's on this bj the, the chicago kid ab soul obviously who he has a quite a few collaborations with so a lot of people on this which is nice to see people giving that co-sign
1: right uh probably most notably be rizza on Ronald reagan right. era like obviously yes. hearing q and j-rock and soul solo makes sense, obviously with the Black Hippie T D connection. And they definitely collaborated more around this time than they would do later on. Um but yeah, having Rizza on your album, having a J. Cole beat at that time when Cole was actually doing a lot of producing. Um yeah. Um I mean I think Dr. Dre actually mixed mm-hmm. uh high power if I remember right too. So yeah. Uh it, it, I think Section 80 kinda has got a bit of like a life of its own on the internet these days, or there's some people, some Kendrick fans like really ride for it as yeah. like, like one of like the, the, the pinnacles of the Kendrick catalog and will rank it above uh, entries that are more recent. And, you know, I think those people are quite passionate. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I think it does speak to that. There is a lot of qualities and and good songs that have lasted from this album. I just think, overall the body of work it's kind of hard for me to rank this above what would come next
0: yeah it's it's a good album for what's to come but man uh when when you have the kind of career kendrick has and you're you know this comes out in july of 2011 and then we're getting about a year and a couple months a year and change later Mm -hmm. good kid mad city which is when Kendrick just completely establishes himself as a force in the music world, um, not only for having multiple songs that are going to uh, be played on the radio, uh, be Billboard right. hits, but creating an album that is cohesive and tells a story and has political and social commentary that's thoughtful and uh, some, I think, really well. Formulated critiques, it's just a really impressive record, no matter who it came from. But I think, especially because we hadn't seen Kendrick put out something this cohesive before, it's like, Holy shit, this guy, his ceiling has completely lifted.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. If this is the first album with major backing, and right off the bat, it sells 242,000 first week, just like that, Kendrick is a significant commercial force in hip hop, and he's doing it with a you know honest to goodness concept album is very personal yet still very familiar in its west coast sound rap album you know and like you said stuff would hit the radio stuff like swimming pools and on you know uh, you know less mainstream radio stuff like backseat freestyle and then songs just kind of cr- uh crossing over in a sense like bitch don't kill my vibe it's yeah. it, it's just kind of funny to hear but see, Remember, See All That Happen alongside an album that also has stuff like Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, you know, and just like really like dense storytelling tracks. But And, and, and quickly, of course, Mad City, the song, would become one of those bangers, one of those classic uh, DJ drops at this yeah. time as well. And uh, as people remember, this album the following year would lead Kendrick to get Multiple Grammy nominations, I believe it was seven, including Best New Artist, Best Rap Album. He actually didn't win anything, of course, because uh, that was the Macklemore moment. And as we all know, Macklemore uh, felt bad about it too, because Macklemore, to his credit, was a real hip hop fan, and was like, "You know what, Kendrick is better than me." <laughs> and Man. that was tough. And we, we people have relitigated that a lot. Uh, you know Kendrick's relationship to the Grammys, and uh, he will win Best Rap Album the next two times out, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, good kid, Matt city in a sense, it it's funny to think that it's about to be 10 years old. Yeah. That's the part that's kind of wild to me. Um, yeah, you're old then. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing this, this came out the day before my birthday in 2012 and was really hyped for, it and definitely something that is listened to constantly, uh, at that time. And actually just looking back, Before this came out, and even before Section 80 came out, Kendrick made XXL Freshman. really speaks to how XXL used to function, where it was truly like a finding people on the come-up thing. Kendrick was on XXL before Section 80 came out. He was not super well-known. But listen to this list. These are his peers on XXL 2011. Psy High the Prince, Mac Miller, Meek Mill, Big Crit, YG, and Little B the Bass God. Like, an absolutely
0: loaded list pretty awesome it's insane because i mean prior to this so what 2011 there's a a show in la where snoop Dogg, dr dre and the game come out and they're like he's the king of the west coast like he he's already anointed by uh, all all the the ogs on the west coast of of the west coast scene pretty much everybody at this point is talking about him but yeah to be included Mm -hmm. on that list and for that for so many people on that list to pop off the way it did it's like the rap scene at that time was just insane i think i think xxl seems to do this like every like three or four years just have like this insane year where they have like mm-hmm. four four or five people that are just going to be in the game for a long time they had one i think a couple of years back whichever one holo g was on i think was like really yes. stacked to a final or 19 or 20 yeah that was yeah. Good one. so uh, it's it just seems to happen but he's just really blowing up and then for it all to just like actually come to fruition on good kid mad city is insane and Mm -hmm. you know you you go down the list and i'm just trying to like find the song here that's like not good you know it's like charane i guess uh the first track maybe is one i I don't really like go back to Mm -hmm. a lot and maybe uh maybe real and compton i'm like ah those are fine but like yeah i
1: I would say the songs were dre honestly compton and even the recipe more recipe was like kind of like a weird promo single before the album came out even though he has Dre actually performing on the songs, those are, I think, some of the weaker entries, you know? This was fun, though, because at this time, this was still when, like, bonus tracks were, like, a big deal on, like, like go get the CD at Target for some new bonus tracks, you know? Or, like, they would come out on iTunes after the fact. The bonus tracks for Good Kid, Mad City are really sick because you have the Swimming Pool's Black Hippie remix with Q, mm-hmm. Soul, and uh, J-Rock, and you have the same thing for The Recipe. And then you have the official remix to Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe featuring Jay-Z. Yeah. Which is actually the sequel to the unreleased original version of Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe featuring Lady Gaga. Like, there's just a lot of fun, like, what ifs uh, with Good Kid Mad City. In addition to the fact that it's like one of those, like, incredible records (laughs) that has really lasted. I had Money Trees on my best songs of the 2010s list. Uh, the j-rock verse is amazing but so is kendrick too um honestly you know i think one, one other song i don't really listen to all that much would be poetic justice with uh, drizzy ah. drake you know kind of drake returning the favor after having kendrick on take care going on tour with kendrick then you get drake on your debut album it was a big deal at the time for sure um and it's you know i think it's just a bit softer like it's just really not not what i like with some of the other stuff on the album but there's just so many fun flourishes. Like I love the way that "Our Peer Pressure" starts too. I find that 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 uh that song very catchy in the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I th- I've, people know at this point how good it has been, but like I said, it, it's kind of wild to realize that it's been that long since it came out.
0: Yeah, and just to put the the point on those bonus tracks, and just to think that like. Final anointing. He gets a you He get gets Mary J Blige just come on and sing on Now or Never. Like mm-hmm. that's a pretty insane like guest verse She doesn't do a lot of that sort of stuff. So, uh, pretty awesome. Also, it, just in looking through the the people who are on this, uh, MC8 really stands out because it's like you have these huge people, then you have MC8, which you know is successful in his own right, but not quite to the level of uh Drake and Jay Z uh, and Doctor Dre. Um, I guess Anna Wise also on Real stands out for the same reason. But um, yeah, Good good Kid, Mad City, uh, a really good album. um, (laughs) People didn't know. Right.
1: I I think it's also important to point out that early 2012 was when the Kendrick song Cartoons and Serial leaked featuring Mm -hmm. Gunplay. That was supposed to be on the album. He said it would still make the album and it didn't, although he did end up closing a lot of sets at the time with it. I actually did see him perform that song. And that is actually one of his most heralded songs of this period. And it's actually just an unreleased track. Um, you know, I think, you know, the year before, you have the Look Out for Detox song from Kendrick on a Tom Glover, Charles Gambino beat, of all, of all people, too. You have West Side Right on Time, this uh, promo single that doesn't make the album. Like, all the loose Kendrick songs at this time are also bangers, you know? <laughs> uh it, it's just that kind of reminds me of like a different time in hip-hop to pre-digital streaming platforms where like it was more the wild west on the internet where like yeah. stuff would come out and like stuff wouldn't be super promoted you know not as not, not monetized at all you know it's just a very different time but uh between like the black hippie remixes to the songs and the unreleased stuff it's just it was just really fun to to really follow stuff with uh hip-hop at that time
0: Good kid mad city um peaks at number two on the billboard top 100 of the u s mm-hmm. charts, right? It's the last Kendrick album that's going to be lower than than one uh and that that starts two and a half years later with pimp a Butterfly and for most people, Good Kid Mad City is their magnum opus. that's the album People are saying nothing's ever gonna top that you know he's gonna make good stuff, but like nothing will ever reach that height uh to pimp a butterfly widely regarded as kendrick's best album his magnum opus just an absolutely um almost perfect album i think some people would say i think if i'm remembering correctly it was number one on like pitchforks albums of the decade number one for many people for albums of the decade mm-hmm. dave does Pimpa but to Pimpa but- butterfly deserve to be above good kid mad city
1: yeah i think so uh, plenty of people would switch it and i think there there's perfectly fine argument and an opinion to having good kind mad city first they're both masterpieces but for such different reasons i think it really comes down to what you value more uh i do like tip of butterfly more i had it as my number two album of the 2010s and yeah march 2015 i remember i remember this album coming out very vividly for Mm -hmm. sure there's a ton of hype for this it sold over 300,000 first week and kendrick you know Good came Man City, gets all the flowers, doesn't get the Grammys, and it's like, what's going to happen next? And then it's about a year after the Grammys when this happens. And I don't know, I don't want to say it was like unexpected because like we said, there were hints of Kendrick being an artist that is thoughtful in this manner back in the day with a song like Ronald Reagan era or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. to get something so macro and specific about the time the way you get with tim Pimpa butterfly an album about blackness and about how society treats black people um, and getting into that in a whole variety of ways and bringing all kinds of talent to make an album that sounds super jazzy right having thundercat really come into your Uh, circle at this point. Kamasi Washington flexing on people with the George Clinton feature, you know, it's (laughs) (laughs) listen to a song like I or King Kunta and like you really get that vibe, right? But I'm always just really struck with just how like well he executes the the commentary that, uh, you know, kind of surrounds this album, you know, song to song, lyric to lyric and that's why to me it's so impressive, but there's also just one-off songs on this that are awesome to revisit and play. Look no further than be all right, which is like this signature protest song of the last
0: 10 years, you know? Yeah. All right. In and of itself is a masterpiece, but to, to play the the role it does on this album. And you talked about like how this album is such an exploration of, uh, i identity as a black man, black man in america, uh black people in the world. Um I think it's really really incredibly executed and um I think what like I was most struck by listening back to this is just like the album flows so well and there's obviously a few tricks that he's employing to do so, you know, at the end of a lot of the songs he starts ta- reciting this poem and adding lines to the poem as you go through and it Um, Kind of all comes to a, a head at the end when he finally recites the whole thing and that kind of wraps up the album. But it's it just is just incredible how this feels like it could be one singular like thing if it was just you have to listen to the whole album the whole way through it's enjoyable you can pick out certain songs probably my favorite one is i um although i do wish it wasn't the live version on the album anymore i wish Mm. it was kind of the totally agree yeah it's the the, single version version, i I get why they go for it but the single is so good um but yeah all right king kunta um king kunta i think in general is just like an absolute banger and the the meaning behind it you know in terms of like how it relates back to um things from like the slave trade and, and whatnot right. it's just really yep. really impressive to pull it all together
1: yep totally i mean wesley's theory the way that start, start song starts off super catchy right but yep. i mean just getting down to it like institutionalized and the blacker the berry uh hood <gasps> politics he's like really getting into some stuff on this and kind of has this like really immaculate closer with "Mortal Man" as well. It's a long outro song. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, in terms of like two album runs in hip hop, it's a very short list of people that compare. You know, mm-hmm. to and it's not his first two albums, of course. Technically, Section Eighty precedes the, these, but like, you know, these two in a row. Um, I mean, it, no one really f- pushed back when like it just became Drake Kendrick and Cole you know Mm because like kendrick came up with an unconventional manner with a lot less hype and was really a west coast denizen for so much of his early come up and you know jay cole was famous for several years before kendrick was and drake of course was so famous for several years
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: uh you know like comeback season drake i mean Kendrick's a nobody, you know. He's touring. He's like opening up for the game at the time as K. Dot yeah. at that time, you know. It's they're just so different. And then Kendrick just for the sheer force of will and artistry is able to plant himself uh in that top tier of current rappers. And he's doing it with this uncompromising music that is somehow becoming commercial and mm-hmm. mainstream. And that that's probably like what's so amazing about Kendrick above all else is that he is able to make this music and find like that mainstream commercial success and acceptance in a way other rappers that do this sort of thing just don't.
0: Yeah. That, that critical acclaim that he was able to grab, you know, I I think when I, when I think about like rappers, I think only Kanye has really ever been in, at least in our lifetimes, been in that same sphere of being, critically lauded while also people just being like this music is fucking awesome and we want to play it back all the time, I guess maybe also like outcast but that was kind of like like a little bit before our time um mm-hmm. but uh jay z I think also with four forty four you know in, in the time that we've been doing this kind of comes to mind for that but like Drake and other people in in that um sphere um I think jakel doesn't have the replayability on a lot of his tracks, some of it he does, but like in terms of full albums um I don't know. Not 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 not, not the two right. album run. So
1: we ranked both Drake's and Jay Cole's album discography. So check those out if you're interested. But check yeah, I out. think I mean obvi- and Kanye's as well. Obviously, the Kendrick run is. I mean, people know. You know, I feel like yeah, we're not saying anything new. <laughs> people know, um, and yeah, man. I mean, at this point, uh, what happens next? Thing is a bit unexpected to me. You know, which is untitled and mastered, kinda coming out of the blue, perhaps at yeah, LeBron James's uh <laughs> su- a suggestion on Twitter publicly after hearing these songs privately, so the story goes, so the tweets are read, and you get this compilation album of unreleased demos from the Tipimpa butterfly session, so you understand what they sound like and what the vibe is going for but they are unfinished tracks and this is kind of an abstract project to me that i don't spend a lot of time with but like section 80 there are a lot of like untitled and mastered heads out there people really ride for this and i've never totally gotten it i don't know about you this this came out only only a year later march uh, 2016
0: so uh, i think we had actually started doing the podcast when this happened right
1: I believe. Gosh, that's right. Yeah, it was like yeah. the, the third or fourth episode. This came out right after Pablo. That's yes. right. Yes.
0: So we we actually talked about this. Go back and find that God. review somewhere. How's it a while Yeah, it's. Uh, I think at the time I was like, yeah, this is a lot of like really cool sounding stuff, but like as a as an album, obviously doesn't work because there's no cohesiveness to it. Um, mm-hmm. And listening back just for this, I just was struck by how like like the level that these these songs are on for being unfinished and, and this being non cohesive, a lot of these songs are really awesome. Like Untitled number three, I think mm-hmm. is really great. Um like a clear standout for me. Um I like obviously I think Untitled Seven is probably the one that has had a lasting yeah. like impact in um, yeah, Levitate Levitate. Exactly. Um but that was actually an official single the only one these are just like tracks that all of them are really good and probably could have been on an album, but he just had these and he's like, ah, well just put them together and put them out. Um, what other like rap artist has this, you know, like it's just afraid. unreal. And, and it's not only like the level of like the songs, but like the musicianship on these is incredible. Like these are just great acoustic songs without any vocals on it in general. So.
1: Right. And in a sense, it makes sense that that's yeah. the case because of the sessions these are coming from, the time that these were recorded. And I think my takeaway remains that, like you were saying, these are better than other artists' best songs, which just speaks to Kendrick's talent. When compared to Kendrick's actual body of work himself, his lofty standards, they don't really compare to much else to me. But it is a cool kind of like peek under the hood of like that process, that process, but also just like Kendrick starting on second base with most of his music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great point. Um, you know, even just looking back at the Pimp butterfly list, I didn't even realize that like Sachin Stevens has like song credits on there or writing credits on that. there. Wow. Pharrell Williams is uh, the produce, one of the producers on all right and writers on it. It's like, he, these are just people that are just kind of like thrown in for a song or two there. He's, he's got everybody working with him, but yeah, Untitled Unmastered kind of came and went for me, but it was like a nice like way to kind of bridge that Kendrick gap because, you know, for a while he's putting out albums every year. And then between good kid, mad city, it's a two and a half year wait. And then between it's Pimp, butterfly and damn, it's another two and a half year wait. So mm-hmm. there's uh, it's nice to get something from Kendrick in my opinion. Um, yeah, especially
1: heard. after the wait post dam that we just <laughs> experienced.
0: Yeah, five years. So um, why don't we move forward to dam, though? Because I I think as I was listening back, I have a very clear memory of listening to dam, you know, driving in the car, um, thinking about our, our conversation we were going to have about it. And in listening back, I, I don't think I liked a dam as much as I did at the time. And I, I think it's a, uh, I think there's some songs on it that really hit, and then there's some songs that I just really did not connect with, and uh, mm-hmm. there, there, there's one in particular we'll, we'll get to. But what was your experience listening back for this?
1: Yeah, so I've kind of like determined this take a while ago. Well, like when Mr. Morale came out, it's like yeah, everyone was really fucking with damn his most commercial release today, his biggest album to date, six hundred thousand. First week. Obviously, different sales rules back then, but still, monster first week. Kendrick at his commercial peak. You know, arena tours at this time. Humble, his first number one song. You know, previously, Swimming Pools, quite impressively, got to like number 17. But Humble was like a, honest to goodness, like number one smash on on Billboard Hot 100 mainstream song, right? This was Kendrick's commercial nature, and I think the fanfare for "Damn" was that even though this was like a mainstream commercial Kendrick, and and very listen, re-listenable and fun, it also still has all the Kendrick intelligence that you that you want and expect from his, someone of his talent with his pedigree to this point, and I sort of really like it, but I don't think the album "Damn." compares as well to good Kid, Mad city and to butterfly as records it is in a sense a quite personal album like good can mad city you know he get, he gets more insular again after to pimp butterfly with damn but i think you're right there are some tracks that i don't really like uh too much on this but man i mean i think the highlights of damn are, are just just some bangers to be to be clear
0: yeah, I think these have some of the more radio friendly Kendrick singles on it on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned Humble. I think DNA is uh, a clear standout from this time. Um, I really like Love featuring Sakari, um, Loyalty with Rihanna. I mean, oh, yeah. these are these tracks are great elements. Another track I yeah, really I love. love. But <laughs> then you get tracks like Triple X featuring U2 and I'm just like what's what's happening here like why are you doing this um i I think also not as many features on this right and so there's like a bit of a direction shift for kendrick um Mm. and uh, i think i I maybe could have used a few more of the of his collaborators on this it's also like a, a sonic shift right in terms of like the sound he's going for a lot of it is a little bit more like um Traditional hip hop sounding rather than that jazz infused at points. So, mm-hmm. um, what 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 songs were you thinking back to or thinking about that didn't really jive with you? I actually have never liked "Love" to be honest. Mm. It's a
1: huge hit. It's at like nine hundred million on Spotify. It's yeah. probably the second biggest hit on this album, honestly, after "Humble." But I never really liked it as just kind of like a slower song. I, I never really liked like love song, Kendrick, even though like he's good at it, it's just not really what i like to hear because i'd rather hear like something hard-hitting like element <laughs> just my personal taste um so that's what i was thinking of but what about you
0: oh like i said triple x featuring you right. too is yeah. just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i don't know Get, give me any other yeah. person to feature on that
1: i think also like a bit of foreshadowing on damn if you listen for it there are some lyrical um out there takes or opinions from kenny that are expressed on dam and of course we hear kendrick more uh directly interrogate those opinions and thoughts on mr morale uh you know five years later uh, i think that that was kind of like besides the point at the time because dam was just the big commercial kendrick record at the time but yeah i mean in terms of like Again, like in terms of rappers making mainstream friendly music, like very few people can match something as artistic as damn, even if damn doesn't really hold up quite as well to good kid and to of butterfly. So I still look, look finally on it, but I, you know, just have it in the next tier is all.
0: Yeah. And I, I think when we get to it, we'll both we'll talk about it, but I think there's quite a big tier, um, I don't know. There, there there's a, a huge like spacing between those tiers. Like it's just mm-hmm. a big jump because the, the top two are just so undeniable. But Dave, you mentioned it. Uh Mr. Morrell and the Big Steppers, five-year wait, um, almost to the day. Uh, I guess uh five years in a month, uh, May 13th, 2022. We talked about mm-hmm. it. Check out that review. But in the meantime, we did get a little bit of Kendrick here and there, some singles dropped, like you mentioned, the heart. Uh, part five, did part four drop between then too? Part four was before Damn. Gotcha, okay. And then we also have the um, Black Panther, the album, which was curated um, by yes. Kendrick and produced.
1: Yeah, about uh, a little less than a year after Damn, February 2018, right before the movie came out. And yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, movie soundtracks, curated soundtracks, it's about, it's about as good as it gets. It's not really a Kendrick yep. album, you know? Um, there's some Kendrick moments on there, some songs that have lasted, like all the stars with SZA. I think to me, my favorite moment was always "Pandemic" with Sobrbe, just like that energy from a at the time upstart, you know, group was really fun. But um, yeah, I think more than anything, it's like yeah, it's still a soundtrack album, but pretty high level for one of those. So cool to hear, kind of uh, not something we really expected from Kendrick at the time, just because it's a bit beneath him, honestly, for him to to do something like that but yeah i mean there's there's still some uh some keepers on there of course king's dead which kendrick is on of course was a big big radio hit bit of a meme of course with future
0: yeah and i I think uh in maybe like a decade or two there will be people who are like why did kendrick do this but it's important to remember that this was like a moment like black panther was a cultural moment and Mm -hmm. pretty much every like Black celebrity and person within Black culture was excited and wanted to support this project and have it be successful. And it was 700 million domestic. <laughs> Incredibly successful. Also, we'll all we'll go down as like a uh, trailer Hall of Fame, like Canada. Oh, I? yeah. Like first ballot. Incredible, incredible trailer. Um, but Dave, Mr. Morel and the Big Steppers were four months post its release. Has your opinion changed in this album at all?
1: No, I don't think so because I kind of realized at the time we talked about it a few weeks after it came out due to scheduling, and it was pretty clear right away that Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was certainly not damn. It was not nearly as inviting and easy to revisit as damn. And it's not as, I think, a, a fun concept to sit with the way Good Kid Matt City is or the way *Tipping Butterfly is. You know, not that those albums are always happy or positive, but it's easier, I think, to invest in like what those albums are about. Whereas Mr. Morale, quite admirably, is Kendrick at his most inward looking. He is exposing himself publicly like he never has before, quite distinctly. But what he's exposing is not always the most fun to sit with and hear. Part of that is Kendrick exposing beliefs about himself you know it's just I give him a lot of credit for releasing truly a a one for me type record because he of course had to know that there weren't any like really big hits on this like uh, N95 has done pretty well and Die Hard is like the third single has lasted a bit I'm a big fan of uh, Father Time due to that amazing Sampha feature so catchy really dying for a new Sampha album but Overall, I think, I think more about the, the the stuff that are like misses to me, right? Like we cry together with Taylor Page is this really raw, hmm. uh, emotional recording, basically of like a domestic dispute between two partners, I and mean, it actually became a short film recently. But to me, like that's just a grating thing to hear. And of course, Auntie Diaries is kind of a failure of songwriting, despite some well wellent. Uh, well-intentioned you know thoughts and we talked about that more clearly on the album review but yeah it's a it's a record where like it has strong qualities but it is really uninviting it is really uh kind of closed off despite the fact that it's actually kendrick opening himself up like never before but it's like you might not look like what you're seeing and Like I said, I appreciate Kendrick being like, you know, I I am put on this pedestal by people, by by white people, by society, and I am a flawed person, and here's why. I think that is like a really admirable thing to put out there when you're in his position. And he Uh, does it, I think, in a good way. It is just not not necessarily what I like to revisit is all.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think uh, you are definitely not alone in that um it's also like a pretty long album and i think that's the thing kendrick makes these long albums but a lot of times because they're so cohesive because the storytelling and the way he weaves in his commentary is really cohesive it makes the albums feel a lot shorter to listen to i was actually really surprised when i found myself like halfway through to pimp a butterfly and i was like oh geez i hadn't even thought about how many songs going." but i just kind of was like in the zone with it. This is now an al- album that's not as easy to get in the zone, even from the first track, United in Grief. That's a song where there's like three or four different switch ups in the song, and-, and none of them really allow you to really like sit with it and really like get into the song to change it changes so quickly. Um, and so, you know, I think there are some tracks on this that in listening back, I was like, oh, wow, I, I don't remember liking this as much. Purple Hearts really stood out as a song like that. I really enjoyed that track. Um, Savior with Baby Keem and uh, Sam do I, I thought was better on the, listening through this time and obviously him and Keem have uh, done a lot of work recently they are cousins and Keem's really I think benefited from Kendrick's um, <laughs> you know support but yeah it's, it's what a just, Grammy <laughs> this yeah year, it's just not a, a album that I think has like you said as many songs you come back to but that's intentional this is this is personal and I, I really appreciate that you know, damn is this huge commercial success. And he's like, all right, I want to make what I want to make now. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, go for it. Um, I On Spotify, the heart part five is part of this album. Right. It was added. It wasn't yeah. actually
1: there. Start classic streaming switch, switch up on you. If you don't know now, you know, kind
0: of thing and in the heart pipe, the heart part, yeah, the heart part five is really great. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I think that's yeah. probably one of the standouts from this period. But yeah, I think I think it'll probably be remembered as a well well done album, but just not one that people are writing back too often. Like there's
1: a lot to admire about Mother I Sober, but like as an album, right. it's you know not as not as fun, which is again totally all right, and it just makes the next Kendrick album even that much more intriguing. Of course, Mr. Morale was the final top dog album. Now we know Kendrick's next album will be on his newly formed multi flanged conglomerate pg lang we don't really know what pg lang is except that kendrick is not on tde anymore i'm a bit unclear if he's also not on aftermath and interscope anymore a little little unclear about that but yeah what pg lang is and what kendrick's next act is of course we're eagerly anticipating that and as you said keem has really benefited from his connection to kendrick having kendrick on some of his songs having kendrick help him write Uh, vice versa stuff like that um of course kendrick was on uh the super bowl halftime show earlier this year before mr morale came out Mm -hmm. um and i think a really important super bowl halftime show that was also like i think really awesome in its execution having the la super bowl with all the faces of la hip-hop through their connection to dr dre like i thought that was really cool and have kendrick of course be the most recent connection to dre there was a lot of fun um i'm not expecting as long a wait between albums the way we got between dan and mr morale i wonder how much of that is that mr morale is not that commercial you know i believe kendrick has wrapped up his mr morale tour that he did this year this summer what's next we haven't heard anything but i'm sure we'll hear something soon
0: I know. I'm hoping it's not five years. Hoping, hoping it's maybe a year. Yeah, give <laughs> us, give us more Kendrick for sure. Um, Dave, should we do our rankings? And I have a few uh, questions to wrap up. I think the mm-hmm. the Kendrick discussion. Why don't you give me your your rankings? And then I'll go through mine.
1: Yep. So, and again, like if you look at like the tiers on YouTube, these are tiers per Kendrick standards, not necessarily grades or anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, and last, I have Untitled and Mastered just because I don't really value it as an album. And I I find it hard to do that because it's an unfinished compilation of demos. Like, yeah, it's still pretty good (laughs) for for those standards. But for Kendrick's standards, it's at the bottom for me. Then I have Overly Dedicated, followed by Section 80, both because I think those ones are the most dated of Kendrick's works, but also just the most... uh, It's Kendrick still rising, still on the come-up, still not yet fully formed, but you can see... Uh, what's to come as we said uh so that you know kind of brings us to like the full bodies of work so from there that would be number three four five six seven five. so number number four would be uh missed morale for all the reasons we just said and then number three damn kind of predictably because it's not on the level of the other two and then i have oh i actually messed this up on my graphic I have Good Kid, Mad City 2, and 2 Butterfly 1. It's actually reversed on my (laughs) (laughs) graphic, which I guess speaks to most people's opinions on it. It's like a 50-50 thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, our our lists are very similar, uh, unsurprising. I think Untitled Unmastered is the one that is going to be in different spots. So I have Overly Dedicated um, last, uh, and then above that is Section 80, just albums I don't go back to as much. Um, I then have Untitled and Unmastered above those two. Yeah. I, the songs are just so high level for just being throwaways. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just enjoy listening to them more. Um, and then we get into the more uh, fully formed albums. So then Mr. Morale would be uh, four for me. Damn would be three. They're in their own tier for me. And then I would put Good Kid, Mad City, into Pimp a Butterfly. I guess if I had to like change the tiers up like you do, I'd probably put uh, Damn in its own tier above mr morale and Mm pimp a butterfly i have like just edging out uh good kid mad city i think if i had to listen to one of them i might come back to good kid mad city just because yeah i kind of feel that
1: way too yeah which is it's like admiration and like critical evaluation versus like personal preference and it all depends on how you make your list and what your philosophy is for how you actually rank stuff but that's kind of where it comes down to me we're like I think both albums serve like two very different
0: purposes when you're ranking them,
1: despite the fact that they're both good at both of those, you know, things. It's, it's, uh, it's complicated, but it's because they're two amazing albums.
0: Yeah. I guess for me, it's, I I think you really summed it up well, but if we, if we were like at a party with our friends and we put on, uh, to pimp a butterfly, I think people would, kind of be like oh this is good but like well what do we Why would it depends this? on the song for sure if we put on good kid mad city the whole album i think people would probably be singing along to it and that probably just speaks to also the point of our lives when we yeah we're able to listen to that and really like play those songs so yeah uh can't really go wrong with either one um dave favorite kendrick collaborator for you
1: oh that's a great question you know in a sense the boring answer is just like all of his producers for years and years like yeah you know, Dave Free and Soundwave and um Ty Beast. Like he's been working with he worked with those guys for over ten years. Um mm. but that's kind of a lame answer, I guess. Um gotta be the Black Hippie guys, honestly for me. Schoolboy mm. cool. Q. You know, whenever I whenever I heard them on any of their songs, um, you know, whether it was on a J Rock album, whether it was a Black Hippie remix to a Kendrick song, whatever it was, I just really I really thought that was a really genuine um thing in hip-hop and like obviously they've kind of moved apart just as their own careers have developed and of course they became adults and aren't around each other as much as they used to be to be expected but whenever we did hear them together on some of their early work uh, that was some of my favorite hip-hop of like the early 2010s so yeah i guess the black hippie
0: guys for me I thought for sure we were, we were going to have different answers to this, but I was going to say Schoolboy, so we're, we're, we're pretty much the same there. Uh, <laughs> and, and that actually kind of leads into my next question. I because... think
1: J Cole is a is a good like yes. other answer too, whether it's pro- producing or some of those like one off singles that they're both on together.
0: Yeah, he came to mind for me as well. Um, my next question, but I'll, I'll kind of preface with one of my answers. My, one of my favorite Kendrick features is on collard greens from schoolboy q i just mm-hmm. think he absolutely comes on and destroys that song i already mentioned fucking problems as another one of my favorites and then i think obviously family tides is a more recent one yep. yeah right another one that he comes on and crushes what what are some of your favorite kendrick features
1: well you got a lot of the good ones uh blessed on the schoolboy um, q album good one on uh habits contradictions uh amazing Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention Control, technically a feature on a Big Sean song, of course, made a huge uh, shitstorm when that happened. Very fun. That was a fun time to be a hip-hop fan, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's got a lot of them, right? You know, I think it's actually funny to think on, like, Kendrick features that are, like, kind of unsuccessful, like um, like Goosebumps, Travis Scott, Mm -hmm. Monster Track, but the Kendrick feature isn't actually that good. It's like, we don't really want to hear Kendrick, like, doing that kind of, like, sex talk, you know? No offense. Yeah. This is not his not strength. Um, I, I mean, yeah, tons of Black Hippie examples, of course. We don't need to belabor that. But um, I think kind of underrated would be, um for me, is Rich the Kid's new freezer featuring Kendrick Lamar, which only exists because Kendrick happened to walk into the studio when Rich the Kid was there and was like, actually, this song's not bad. Let me hop on this and just do Rich the Kid this amazing solid. Uh, like, Kendrick's the best four years ago whenever that was oh um, man yeah th- there's a ton of good examples man obviously right. he he was he was very prolific like right away um yeah. as soon as like
0: good came at city came out so there's tons of kendrick features um let me so l- let me wrap up with this question we obviously love kendrick if i had to if i said to you dave you get to play like three kendrick songs it's <laughs> like make someone love kendrick what would be the three you choose
1: money trees mm. for sure yeah, it's really hard. It's, it's a really tough hard question. Right? Money trees. I'm gonna take something from Tim Butterfly. All right, money trees. All right, and man, take your pick from there. I think I'd probably throw humble in there. I was kind of thinking that too. It's like you yeah. want like a, like a hit,
0: hit, you know, yeah, a real like banger for him. Yeah. you can't um, really go wrong though. There's so many permutations. Yeah, for me, it probably would be. Uh, Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Uh, Humble and then yeah pick something off Pimpin Butterfly maybe I um, the, mm-hmm. the single version but yeah this, <laughs> there's so many good choices there I just wanted to kind of wrap it up with some some love to some of the singles but man it's a pleasure talking about Kendrick he's so great yeah
1: absolutely if you like album rankings check out all the other ones we've done youtube.com slash nostalgia pod we did Drake, Cole, Tyler Kanye The Weeknd uh, Brockhampton as well as movie directors, Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino, more rankings to come. So make sure
0: you subscribe YouTube.com slash Nostalgia pod. And we'll catch you next week with a regular Nostalgia podcast. Oh yeah. Take care. Get that.